Welcome to Igros Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Yeshiva and President of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. We now begin with the letter L for Lifne Iver, or leading someone astray. And this is the prohibition of putting a stumbling block before the blind. Um, that is a biblical prohibition, but that the rabbis understand not literally, but to mean that you're not allowed to assist somebody in the performance of a sin. Specifically, it gives an example of handing somebody um, forbidden food that uh, they couldn't have access to without your help, and that that would be a biblical violation of putting a spiritual, religious stumbling block before the blind, leading somebody astray. And this is a topic that Rav Moshe Feinstein deals with in many, many chuvot. Almost 30 chuvot he addresses the issue, sometimes directly, sometimes in passing. And the reason this is dealt with in so many chuvot is because um, we are living in a world in which a small segment of the Jewish community is observant, but the vast majority of it is not observant, and that interacting with uh, other Jews who are not observant uh, can sometimes sometimes create situations directly or indirectly where it might be seen as causing somebody to sin, creating the circumstances in which somebody is going to do something not in keeping with halacha, basically because they're not committed to the halachic system. But what is the responsibility that I have um, in those situations? and how would one address the halachic concerns of Lifnei Iver. So we're going to start with a tshuva that actually addresses a core aspect of this question, which is how does this responsibility play out vis-a-vis non-observant Jews? Is there the same responsibility to uh, prevent them from sinning or to not assist them in sinning if they basically don't buy in to the whole system altogether? And it's worth noting that um, in another tshuva, one that we won't deal with today, Rav Moshe addresses a position in the postgim that has a basis for saying, it's not my responsibility. And that's a position that says that if somebody is doing a sin intentionally, um, or if somebody is a mumar, somebody has basically uh, rejected uh, the, uh, the life of Torah and mitzvot, um, is a public violator of Shabbat, for example, is a classic definition of a mumar, then um, there's no uh, issue of lifnei eva. There's no concern about causing that person to stumble, presumably because uh, in such a situation you have no religious responsibility uh, towards the other person. So this is an approach that some could take as far as non-observant Jews are concerned, but of course it comes with a huge cost. It comes with the cost of basically writing them off and categorizing them all as, uh, and, you know, not just as violators, but as people outside the community, as heretics, and so on, and basically saying, we have no sense of community or responsibility towards them. So this is not the approach that Rav Moshe takes. Um, Rav Moshe is going to address the uh, the question from the opposite direction. It, can one say that because uh, non-observant Jews um, do not keep halacha, maybe they are not so uh, responsible for their, or not held liable for their transgressions, um, and therefore there's no aspect of leaf naiver, not because they're wicked, but quite the opposite, because they're not really held so accountable, and maybe therefore the issue of leaf naiver would not apply. And this is by applying the category of Tino Kshanishba. What is Tino Kshanishba? Literally, that means a infant taken captive. It's a case in the Talmud which asks about if a person is, is uh, taken captive 
captive as a baby and raised among non-Jews? Are they responsible for the sins that they do? And it's used already by Rambam to speak about people that are raised in a uh, different tradition, even if they know they're Jewish, but not in the in the uh, rabbinic tradition. He was dealing with Karaites, um, that they can't really be held fully responsible for the sins that they do, because even when they find out that uh, uh, rabbinic Jews practice otherwise, they don't feel that it's relevant to them. So they never really uh, buy into the system and understand um, that what they are doing or believe that what they are doing would be considered a sin. And this is something that uh, in the modern era, a number of poskim have used um, as a way of adopting a more inclusive approach towards uh, non-observant Jews, that those that were raised in a non-Orthodox family, even though they know how Orthodox Jews behave, they cannot really be held accountable um, for not keeping the mitzvot because they never were educated in a way that they internalize that sense of responsibility. Um, and it's even used by some poskim to extend to Orthodox Jews who have left the fold. So Rav Moshe addresses himself to this question of, do we have this sense of religious responsibility towards non-observant Jews? Do we have to avoid doing things that might uh, lead to them doing something not according to halacha, because maybe if they're not really accountable, um, it should not be such a problem. So he deals with this in Or Chaim Hey Yud Gimel 5.13, and these are the two votes that are published uh, after his life. And uh, the question he was dealing with was about whether um, one can offer food and drink to a non-observant Jew, the case he was dealing with specifically, this person was uh, somebody's business partner, um, because uh, you know that this person uh, will not make the bracha beforehand. If it's bread, won't wash his hands. So are you basically causing this person to sin? Um, and uh, he assumes that this is a problem, and Shulchan Archad actually says you cannot give food to somebody who won't make a bracha beforehand or wash their hands, and he spends a lot of time figuring out how to navigate the situation. Um, talks about maybe you can say, um, not actually give it to him, but not object if he takes it. A lot of sort of hoops that he has to uh, jump through. And then finally, he addresses this question about maybe it shouldn't be such a problem since he's not observant and this concept of Tino Chinishba. So let's take a look. He says, this is in, again, Orchaim 513 and section 9. Does this apply in a case where he's considered to be um, not blameworthy because of this idea of Tino Chinishba that we would assume that non-observant Jews are not really held blameworthy for the sins that they do. And it is worth saying, of course, that this approach is a really infantilizing approach, a little bit literal, Tino Knishba, treating them as an infant, um, by saying that people really aren't held accountable for their choices. Um, and this is a topic that I've written about elsewhere. Um, but nevertheless, it has a it's a very powerful strategy of inclusion um, for non-observant Jews, where classic halacha would be very condemning. So here's his question. That the case in Shulchan Aruch was an exception, but somebody who is generally not observant and doesn't wash their hands and make a bracha, he's treated like anus, like he's forced, and he doesn't know any better, and therefore... Um, should this therefore maybe there's no problem of leaf naiver because he's not really held accountable for his sins. So Rav Moshe first of all says, look, 
even somebody, even the Tino Kunishpa category is not so clear that it's completely free of any responsibility. According to the Gemara, the person still brings a sin offering if he violates Shabbos. That shows that even this Tino Kunishpa category doesn't mean that the person is held um, not accountable at all. Another way of saying it is that the sin offering is brought because a sin was done, and even if it's not his fault, there's a reality of the sin. But Rav Moshe says, so we have to note the fact that there is a sin that is going on here. So will this be leaf the Eva or not? Um, and Rav Moshe now turns to what he does sometimes, which is the sort of conceptual analysis of what the, thing, the issue is about, and then sees how it will play out in this case. And he says, here's my question. Is lifne Eva, when you cause somebody to sin, fundamentally a problem of ben adam lechavero, that you're hurting your friend, or is it a problem of ben adam lemakom, that you're doing something offensive to God by bringing a sin into the world? And he says, the ein iser lifne Eva memashe b'chet migidre iserim shebein adam lechavero. It is not an interpersonal type of a sin that I'm hurting you by causing you to sin. And he says, listen, there is an aspect of lifne Eva that is very much about my hurting you. If I do the literal thing that the Torah says not to do, I put a stumbling block before the blind. Um, or the way the rabbis extend that, if I give somebody bad advice and they cause them to do something that is harmful to them. That is very much a Bain Adam Lechavero type of a thing. And if that were the issue here, um, then since uh, for you, it's not really... Uh, you're not really held that accountable for your sins, then really I'm not doing anything that is hurtful to you, and maybe it would be okay, and you certainly don't mind, you'd like to be offered the food and drink, so then maybe it would be okay for me to do it. Rav Moshe says that's not the case here, um, and he brings an interesting proof that there's lifne either of causing somebody to sin even by a non-Jew, and he assumes that if it were just an interpersonal issue, it would only be between Jews, and therefore he concludes that this is really a problem of sin in itself and not of hurting your friend. So he says, If I hurt you personally, physically, financially, that is an interpersonal type of a sin. That's one aspect of Leif Ne'iver. But if I cause you to stumble and to do a transgression, I'm hurting God, I'm not hurting you. That it's, prevent, it's prohibited for me to do something that brings, helps bring a sin into the world. Now, Rav Moshe was not the first one to raise this conceptual question about leaf naiva of a sin. Is it like the leaf naiva of bad advice, or is it a separate type of an issue? But nevertheless, he applies it here. And how does he apply it here in terms of this question of does it apply to non-observant Jews? Because he said, if it was just how I'm hurting you, then that could lead to a very almost tolerant or pluralistic approach. Hey, you aren't don't care about making brachot, so and. Halacha doesn't even really view you as so accountable because of this Tino Kinishba, so I'm not really hurting you in any way, and therefore I should respect your practices or at least tolerate your practices um, and uh, go ahead and give you the food even though you won't make a bracha. But if it's the objective reality that I'm bringing a sin into the world, then that's a reality whether or not you are really held accountable for it, and then it would be a problem. And Rav Moshe concludes, because of this evidence about whether it applies to non-Jews, that it is about the objective reality of bringing a sin into the world. And therefore he says... Uh, the problem of leaf the prohibition of leaf naiver applies even to non-observant Jews, even if we apply this category um, of tino chenishba. Now, it's worth pausing for a moment and appreciating the implications of this. 
Um, on the one hand, this is going to create a lot of halachic challenges, and those will be other tshuvas of Rav Moshe we'll see in a different um, in a different episode. I mean, if even giving food and drink is a challenge that has to be navigated, then there are obviously many cases that will be even larger challenges, and we will see about that. So that's going to be the halachic issues that come up. But um, the alternative, which would be to say that we don't have to worry about it, and heck, you can give them food and drink, and you can do all these types of things, and you don't have to, you know, be uh, always figuring out is might this cause them to do something against halacha, um, comes also at a large cost. Um, and were he to rule that way, what would it lead to? It would lead to basically feeling. It's not my responsibility. I mean, that's the flip side of a pluralistic, tolerant approach. Could also be an approach that, uh, what do I really care if a non-observant Jew keeps halacha or not? I only care about the Orthodox community. I only care about if you know an observant Jew keeps halacha, and it could really lead to a way of sort of of writing that community off. And you know, there is something. Um, um, it's an interesting two sides of the coin of this issue about autonomy and pluralism, and at the same sense, a sense of connectedness and responsibility. And um, Rav Moshe, by saying there is an issue of leaf ne'iver, I think he brilliantly combines the two, because by recognizing that the person isn't held accountable, um, although, again, with a slightly sort of uh, infantilizing, paternalistic type of a framing, but by saying the person isn't held accountable, I don't have to view you you the not, in, a not, in, in a negative light. But I do realize that there's a reality of sin being done. And, that, and at some level, it bothers me that Jews are sinning. Even if I don't think negatively about those Jews, I wish Jews would be doing more mitzvot rather than doing sins. And that could really lead to a beautiful um, a combination of not thinking poorly of other Jews, but of really feeling not so pluralistic that it doesn't matter whether people are doing mitzvot or not doing mitzvot and really wishing to see more mitzvot done and fewer averot done. So that's the stance that Rav Moshe takes, which now he's going to have to deal with issues of leaf naiver by non-observant Jews. Um, but it's, in a way, certainly a better stance than casting everybody as a mumar, and they're all wicked and I don't care about them, but maybe even better also than saying um, they're all Tino Kinnish, but I don't care of them, because either way it leads to an I don't care and here, at least, there's a sense of caring. Now, Rav Moshe ends this by acknowledging that uh, if one were to apply leaf even in this case of offering food and drink, and it would be difficult to offer food and drink um, and be very awkward, that there would be another cost, which would be that you might alienate somebody from a world of Torah and mitzvot. And he says that for that reason, you might want to rely on other arguments that leaf naiver does not apply to non-observant Jews, um, and uh, because uh, there is a very serious uh, trade-off that's going on here. He says, You know, you'll think if you're more friendly and you don't make these things into an issue, you can actually have an influence on this person. Um, and he says, Some, you know, post can talk about, can I give food to a poor person who won't make a bracha because there's a mitzvah of tzedakah. Rav Moshe says this is better than a mitzvah of tzedakah. This is bringing somebody closer to Yiddishkeit and it's not pushing them away because acting in a way that alienates hates vote because you can draw this person close. So if Moshe says it is a leaf naiva problem, and if it were just because of the cost of pushing this person away, if there were no way out of the leaf naiva problem, you'd have to suffer that cost. But 
Here, maybe, some people will take a different halachic position than I, Rav Moshe, have taken and use the Tino Kshinishba category, and it's worth considering doing that in this case because of the larger gain. So here, again, we see Rav Moshe recognizes sometimes that caring, that taking this Leifne-Iver approach to non-observant Jews can actually cause not only challenges in terms of you know, how the observant Jew is going to negotiate it, but uh, could have the impact of really offending and pushing off the other person. Nevertheless, he fundamentally takes the position that there are leaf naiver challenges, um, and maybe there are circumstances where other positions can be relied on because of the larger benefit of bringing somebody close rather than pushing somebody away. Now, it's worth contrasting this tshuva to two other tshuvot, one by Rav Moshe and one by Rav Shlomo Zalman. The one by Rav Moshe is about the issue of um, can you give somebody who is a smoker, um, can you give them a light? Um, and would that be a leaf naiva problem? Now, he first starts with the issue of is smoking acceptable or not? And this is from Igris Moshe 249, a very short tshuva from 1964. And here's what he says. Can you smoke cigarettes? Look, since you can get sick from this, so you shouldn't be doing it. But to say it's forbidden because it presents a danger to you, a health danger, a health risk. So he says, no, I can't say it's technically halachically forbidden. Why? So since it is something that is widely accepted in the community, so the Gemara already says about that, that if you have things that are not healthy or present a risk, but it's everybody is doing it or a wide section of the community is doing it, there's no way that that can be halachically forbidden. And it quotes the verse, Shomer P'sayim Hashem, God watches over the foolish. And therefore, and Rav Moshe adds, Ubiprat, Shekama G'dolei Torah Midor Shavru, the same way he says, look, you know, how could a blended whiskey be a problem? Many, you know, uh, great rabbis drink blended whiskey and drink non uh, of Yisrael and so on, Chalostam. So here he takes the same type of an argument by, uh, by smoking. So many yeshivot, so many rabbis smoke. So is it maybe a terrible thing and we should oppose this and it's a terrible health risk and maybe we should not make our peace with this and we should sort of yell and scream and protest? Maybe. But you can't tell me that all of those rabbis and all of those yeshiva students are actually doing road or actually sinning. So that is evidence that it's not technically forbidden. And ultimately, halacha, and this is true in general, halacha is very reluctant to say that certain sort of choices that might impact the person's health are, we're going to dictate whether those are halachically permissible or forbidden. It gives people much more autonomy in that realm, certainly when there are practices that are sort of widely accepted um, or tolerated within society. So this leads Rav Moshe to say that smoking might be, certainly, it definitely is, harmful to one's health, but you can't say that it's technically halachically forbidden. And then he says, even those that don't smoke and are concerned about the health risk, so there's no leaf to give them a light, to give them a match, to help them smoke their cigarette. You're directly participating in the smoking of the cigarette, but it's not leaf naiver. Now this is fascinating because I think there are many people that would feel this is the intuitive leaf naiver. I think smoking is a dirty habit. I think it's harmful for your health. God forbid that I should help you do this thing that is hurting yourself. Um, and Rav Moshe says, look, if that's your choice and you don't want to help somebody, then 
that's a legitimate choice and maybe you should not be doing it. You shouldn't be participating in somebody doing injury to themselves. But I can't say that it's the technical prohibition of lifne iver. Why? Because from the perspective of you can't give somebody bad advice, do something that will be hurtful to a person, you know, the person wants it. So even if it's a stupid choice, from their subjective perspective, you're helping them, you're not hurting them. Um, and now some of us, again, might feel otherwise, might feel objectively I'm hurting this person's health and I don't want to be a part of that. But Rav Moshe says that is not the aver of lifne iver of giving somebody bad advice, doing something that is bad subjectively for the person. And it's not lifne iver in terms of the perspective of causing a sin, because from a technical perspective, this is not a sin. So what results when you bring these two kuvo together is to give a non-observant Jew food or drink is a leaf naive concern. Maybe there's ways to navigate it, but it's a leaf naive concerns. Whereas to give a smoker a cigarette or a match is not of leaf naive concern. Fascinating, again, not necessarily one is better than the other, but if we focus on the technical issues, um, smoking might be horrific from, you know, but uh, but nevertheless, that's a choice you can make. It is not a halachic problem of leaf naive. Now, we'll end by looking at briefly at a tshuva from Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, who also addresses this question about giving somebody food and drink, and he comes to a very different conclusion of Rav Moshe Feinstein. And his position is that basically this is fundamentally not leaf naiver at all, um, and let's see why he says that. And this is in Shut Min Chatzlomo 135. Giving somebody food and drink that you know that they won't make a bracha. You always have to be doing things for the sake of heaven, which is sort of signaling that this is going to be looking at things big picture, not necessarily only from the narrow perspective. I have thought, if an important guest comes, and he doesn't observe mitzvot, he loves you know, those that learn Torah, and he even supports Torah institutions. And if he doesn't, the uh, homeowner, the, 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 uh, the host, doesn't act properly and in a um, civil manner towards him um, to give him f- food to eat and drink because of this prohibition of giving somebody food and drink if they won't make the bracha. Um, and even if he asks him nicely, he says, you know, um, would you please do me the honor? Would you please Please, you know, in my home we make a blessing. It's very likely that this person will consider will be deeply offended. He'll assume once again, from Jews are judging me. They think, you know, they can't respect my my decisions. Um, and it could actually, he says, He'll see it as a personal offense. He'll get him angry. It'll leave him to leave Torah even further. And lead to hatred and anger, all of these Orthodox Jews, they're always judging people, they're always, you know, putting their demands on people, and it will lead to a real distancing from Torah and mitzvot. So Rav Shlomo Zalman says, it seems to me in this case, not like Rav Moshe, because of this cost, I'll find a way to navigate Leif Ne'iver, but it seems to me in this case, there's no Leif Ne'iver issue at all. Why? Look, the whole problem about giving him food is that I am putting a stumbling block, I am causing him to sin, and I am hurting him religiously. 
וכיוון שאם לא ייתן לו לאכול, הרי יקשל הריח בעשר יותר גדול, and look, if you don't give him food, you're actually going to cause him to stumble in a bigger way, because you'll even distance him further from Torah and mitzvot, and that's a much bigger stumbling than just technically not making a bracha in this one instance. So nimsa, the lek klal shumavei ra, it's not that that outweighs it, it's not that that allows you to rely on certain positions, no. That macro view, rather than the micro view, if you pull out a little bit, you'll be giving him food is bringing him closer is helping him religiously not giving him food to prevent him from not making a from you know violating by not making a bracha that actually is hurting him religiously there is no putting of a stumbling block you're actually saving him from religious stumbling by giving a tiny stumbling you actually saved him from a much bigger stumbling and therefore he says there's no leafing either here at all now this is a huge uh Uh, important innovation about Leifnei Iver that says you can sort of step back and look at this more macro. Um, it's not clear if he would apply this. Here it's just a question of a, of a bracha. Would he apply this if it led to somebody violating Shabbat? For example, a question we're going to see later in Rav Moshe. Inviting somebody to come to your meal for Shabbat as a way of bringing them close to an observant life, but you know that they're going to drive and your invitation is going to cause them to drive. Now even there you could say they would have driven otherwise. What if, you know, it's the real biblical violation of Leif Na'iver in the way that they would have, they would not be able to do this sin were it not for what you were giving them. Could you then say, but at the big picture, I'm helping the person religiously not hurting? It's not clear to me that Rav Shlomo Zalman would say this in all cases, but nevertheless, his prime position is that when it comes to Leif Na'iver, uh, And we look at the big picture and we say, am I causing the person to stumble religiously or am I causing, or am I actually helping them religiously? And if the answer is you're helping them, that bigger context is, is what defines that there's no problem here. It's actually a good thing, even though there's a small, if you were to look at the micro, you would say there's a technical sin that is being done. Um, so here you have two very different approaches. Rav Moshe Feinstein, by focusing on the objective sin that you've brought us in in the world, will say, okay, objectively you can't bring this in. And it's not really a question of, am I bringing this Jew closer to world of Torah mitzvot or further from a Torah mitzvot? Am I bringing a sin into the world? And if the answer is yes, then that's a Leif Naiver issue. It applies to non-observant Jews. Sometimes, yes, there's a big cost and it might alienate people and we'll figure out ways around that. But fundamentally, it focuses on the sin. Whereas Rabbi Shlomo Zalman says, no, it fundamentally focuses on, um, am I hurting somebody religiously or helping them religiously? That allows me to look at the big picture and in this case to say that I absolutely must give my guest food and drink um, and that is actually not causing them to stumble, but that is actually bringing them closer to Torah and mitzvot. Thanks for listening to Igros Moshe A to Z, now celebrating 10,000 listens. This podcast is brought to you by Yeshivat Chovevei Torah. To learn more, visit yctorah.org.